I was working at a school called Gage Eckerton for three years and I'm like, I don't want to teach, I don't want to teach. And then everybody kept saying, but you should teach. I'm like, no, you know, I knew I didn't want to go to medical school anymore, so I was kind of in between. So fast forward, my parents, my mother is calling me like, hey, Howard keeps calling. They have this program, you know, where you can get your master's for free because you're a science teacher. They want science teachers. I'm like, I don't want to teach. Like, why does everybody keep wanting to make me a teacher? Right. And so then it just, the, the Dr. Irving kept calling, like, who calls your home as a college? student right and so I was like okay I'll do it so I ended up in PG County my first teaching um, at the alternative school and I loved it this is the ORISE feature cast a special edition of further together the ORAU podcast join Michael Holtz for conversations with ORISE experts on stem workforce development scientific and technical reviews and the evaluation of radiation exposure and environmental contamination you'll also hear from ORISE research program participants and their mentors as they talk about their experiences and how they are helping shape the future of science. Welcome to the O-Rise FeatureCast. Welcome to a very special edition of the O-Rise FeatureCast. I'm your host, Michael Holtz. And for this episode, I was actually out in the field, um, the field being Washington, D.C., where I had the opportunity to sit down with Courtney Purim. She's a middle school STEM teacher at Kramer Middle in Washington, D.C., and she was the first D.C. winner of the CIA Mission Possible Classroom Transformation. So about a year ago, ORISE, um, sponsored by the CIA, gave away $25,000 to three teachers, one in Washington, D.C., one in Baltimore, and one in Richmond, Virginia, to transform their classrooms with new technology. And as you'll hear, Courtney had just started teaching at Kramer. She came from a different position and walked into the school with this great prize from the CIA Mission Possible competition. And we talk about what it was like to one, start a new job, but also have this new technology and have the first year under her belt with the new technology and the learning challenges that came along with everything that happened. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation. By the way, we are talking in a coffee shop, so it's a little noisy around us, but we had a great conversation. We had a lot of fun, and I hope that comes across. Enjoy. Uh, tell me, um, I know you teach at Kramer. What do you teach at Kramer? So this year um, was my first year at Kramer. Okay. Um, and I am the STEM teacher. So I taught design and modeling and automation and robotics, which are courses under Project Lead the Way. So we use the Project Lead the Way curriculum, which is a nationally um, approved a STEM curriculum. Okay. Um, previously, I was an engineering academy director at Dunbar High School. I worked there for the past for 14 years prior to coming to Kramer. So essentially, I knew I was moving from Dunbar to Kramer, and I wanted to jumpstart that process, which is why um, I applied for the grant. So I. I res uh, resigned from Dunbar in June. I saw the uh, advertisement. I had to learn quickly about Kramer. I applied for, you know, um, to compete in the, for CIA and 
that's how I came into Kramer. And you won. And I won. You won with a big prize. And won with so that was like welcome to Kramer. And it was also, you know, unfortunately to like my Dunbar students and family, it was also the way they, a lot of them realized that I was um, leaving Dunbar. So it's like bittersweet, but exciting nonetheless, because it's a good start to a new, you know, in a new space. Right. So you said you were um, at Dunbar for 14 years. How did you, how did you decide, when did you decide that teaching was your thing? Um, oddly enough, teaching was not my thing, okay. so we should start there. Um, I came, I went to Howard, I'm from Chicago, so I went to Howard University here in D.C., and I, um, I needed to work, so I did like a, a program called Crestbar, oddly enough, which is at Ketchum Elementary, which is now the feeder for Kramer, so like everything just being full circle for 20 years years ago and um, I then took a work-study job and I was working at a school called Gage Eckerton for three years and I'm like I don't want to teach I don't want to teach and then everybody kept saying but you should teach I'm like no you know I knew I didn't want to go to medical school anymore so I was kind of in between so fast forward my parents my mother is calling me like hey Howard keeps calling they have this program you know where you could get your master's for free because you're a science teacher they want science teachers I'm like I don't want to teach like why does everybody keep wanting to make me a teacher and so then it just the, the Dr. Irving kept calling like who calls your home as a college student right and so I was like okay I'll do it so I ended up in PG County my first teaching um, at the alternative school and I loved it um, Agnes Brown Jones was amazing and then it was like wait I actually may be good at this so I went to Dunbar two years later and I've been at Dunbar since I had been at Dunbar since then and I just I realized I was actually pretty pretty good at it. Um, kind of more like just a natural leader and I had great relationships with kids and not in the traditional like this is what a teacher looks like but more so from like a real perspective. Although I did not personally have those types of teaching, I mean educational experiences. I'm from Chicago. I went to a predominantly white elementary school from K through eight. I went to Whitney Young, which is, you know, diverse, but a magnet high school, um, Michelle Obama's high school, right? And so then I went to Howard, which is, of course, a HBCU, but still an elitist. So I was like, to work in an underserved school, I had never seen any of the things that I had witnessed as a teacher. But I was like, but this is my group. Like, I can do this. And um, like I said, I was pretty good at it. And so coming to Kramer was also like a full circle thing. It's like, let's see what middle school is doing. But I already know the population, so let's spice it up on how I do it, which is why I applied for CIA. I was like, I could, you know, let me see if I could get this money to start off with something good. And then even though it's new to them, if I start off with the best resources, they'll buy it to us sooner, which happened. Awesome. So talk about that. Um, You've had a full year, both at Kramer and with the equipment that you won in the CIA competition. Um, 
what was it like to for for you and for your students to have access to stuff they probably wouldn't have had access to before? So because I taught sixth and seventh graders, it was interesting because a it's a COVID the first year they're back after COVID, so they had been in school since third and fourth grade. Um, a lot of the stuff they had seen because they actually their elementary schools actually had a lot of resources. Like I think Kramer was previously an Apple school. Okay. So that part wasn't like super new. super new or as exciting. And because we were one-on-one -on -one in technology and DCPS for the past couple of years, it was like, yeah, I got a, what, you know, I got an iPad or whatever. I think that the great thing about it was them just seeing the check in the window. I left my check that I received when I won that day in the window. And so even when I got new students or even students who probably didn't pay attention to my room all, you know, most of the year, I think it was like second semester when it clicked in like, Miss Perham, where'd you get $25,000 from? I'm like, this check has been sitting in the window. Well, what did you buy with it? Did you, they know I love shoes. Well, did you buy you shoes? I'm like, no, I bought you all stuff. And they was like, you spent your $25,000 on us? I'm like, it was for you all. They was like, well, what do you buy? So I told them, I said, look around. They love the TV, right? So I teach all of my lessons from that TV. That TV cart is probably the biggest part of my 20, my purchase. When I say it is the best thing ever, like whether I can show the best YouTube videos or Project Lead the Way videos, and it's on, it's a 75 inch screen TV and it moves around my class. I can't see, I move it this way, it's on a cart. It's the best thing ever. And so they're like, you spent your money on us? All right, that's cool. But what did you have to do? So one day I played them the video and they was like, you came up with that? I was like, yes. And then my friend, they were like, wait, we saw her in here before. That's the lady from the video. And so like, it's like that, that like you're a little starstruck like with your own students that you've had all year right, right. Uh, but the other teachers also benefited from it right so one thing I did do just from a STEM director previ previously being a STEM director is I consider every facet of the building when I made my purchases so it was a steam for me right so yeah. I bought art supplies but then we didn't end up having an art teacher I brought um, music stuff to support the music teacher but the music teacher uh, resigned in like November no. so I'm just like I have this stuff yeah, have this right, stuff, right. Um, and then I had but my media teacher he was my best friend right hey, can I borrow your 360 camera can I borrow your you know GoPro like everything borrow 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 and that that's what made it communal because if we really want to make the changes or be impactful with the students then it can't just be in my space right. and so that's what I appreciated I, I gave teachers microphones to project during you know the um, in the classrooms and we also sometimes had to do hybrid learning so the teachers appreciated just me sharing my resources with them and so as much as I can go on and on about like how it impacted my direct classroom it impacted Kramer overall because I made sure that everybody could 
benefit from this thing that I have received. And so my kids have that touch in other spaces as well. I think that's great because it really can change. I mean, you see, as you said, it can change the whole school. You know, even, even in a place that's used to technology and used to one-to-one, when you bring in new things that are a little bit different or provide access in a way that they didn't have before, like you said, with art supplies and right. music equipment, you know. Um, how did the teachers feel about that? I think at first when the teachers found out, it was just like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, my admin team, of course, that's how they met me. They're like, oh, you're the lady that won the 25,000. So that was like, I was actually in like day one or two of my admin meetings in the summer. And then I got the surprise that I won. So again, just a super cool way of meeting your team. Like, you know, coming in the door with a gift um, to everybody. And the teachers are just like, at Kramer, they're awesome. Like they're super, super like collaborative. So everybody just, you know, you got this, can I borrow this? Or did you see that? And um, although we, you know, other teachers use like donors choose for smaller things. Again, the bigger things when we're doing events and they're like, hey, can I use your camera for this? Or I'm doing a project with my students, can we do this? And even like I did STEM fair this year, and this was the first time Kramer had STEM fair. And so they used, I made them do everything on the iPads and they had to, you know, record their videos of what their projected projects were. And they're like, well, how do I put a video? And I'm just like, it was my aha moment that as much as you feel like the kids have technology because they don't have it consistency, consistently or continuously, they still didn't know how they fully use it. So I'm just like, I tried to, you know, do some differentiation with projects. Like if you're good with technology, you can record a video. If not, you can do a PowerPoint, you know, just to infuse it, but uh, different types of technologies to get them engaged in the lesson. So I think that that worked out pretty well. It's a basically, if they don't, they may have access to it, but, but they don't know how to use it. They did not know how matter. to use it. And that was my aha moment. I'm like, oh, here, go use this camera. Right, right, right. What is this? How do you do it? I'm like, you don't know how to use it, you know, or even just like my TV, like plug it up for me, throw my laptop on it. Wait, well then what do I have to do, Ms. Perham? Um, and so a lot of things I realized as much as I thought, like, I'm like, these kids, they know how to do everything. They did it. They um, now you wrote a song I for did. your application. I did. <laughs> which was beautiful, and I know it was one of the reasons that your application was believed. Um, Talk about, is, is creating music something that's part of your life? Is that something you do on the regular? Did you do that specifically for your interest? So I am a, so when I got out of college, I sang in a band. So, um, and then I got married and I stopped singing in a band, right? So what I do is I'll do karaoke. And so that's like my thing. And karaoke is pretty competitive. So that's what I like to do. However, my best friend and I, who was in the video, we um, sit around all the time and make up crazy songs, like off the top of our head. So when I said I was going to do it, I said I want to do a song. And I told my daughter, and my daughter was like, of course you want to do a song. So she was like, I'll find you some music to do the song. And so I was like, as soon as the music came, it just started coming to me. 
And so then my best friend was like, she's from Southeast DC. Okay. So our conversations are our conversations all the time. It was really important for, big, like it was a big deal for her to have me come into her neighborhood and be a teacher. She was like, this is, my neighborhood deserves teachers like you. So it was like, how, how do you reach a kid at 14 full of dreams coming up on the wild streets of Southeast? Like, how do you do it? Well, you have to do something different, right? So it's this STEAM thing. It's like, yeah, we got this math and we have all of these things, but how do you really get to the kids? It's not going to be traditionally. And so when my kids even know, like, Miss Perham, look at your shoes. Or Miss Perham, you know how to sing? Miss Perham, that wasn't you in the video. It makes me real to them. And that's what I feel like STEAM will do do. It's like, I can get you to do anything if you could just see this thing in a big picture. And so that's why I came with the song. That's why I chose the song, because people want to groove to a song. Yeah. And even if it, the lyrics are good and the music is good, they'll groove to it. And it was. <laughs> Thank you. And we still do. <laughs> Every once in a while, I just put it on because I'm like, that's so creative. Thank you. It's Thank so you. I don't know, it's, it's inspiring to me to, to see that. And you're kind of a renaissance woman because you've got the whole, you got the science teacher thing, you got the music, you play tackle football. Yes, I try. And so that's what I try to make. So for me, again, my students, like, we watch one of my playoff games okay. one day on the, you know, in my room. Um, and they were doing, we were working on um, skimmers. So with the skimmers, they're doing measurement, but we're watching my playoff football game. And so they're like, that's not you, but they're still measuring and cutting. And so my threat to them is, we're gonna turn, like, I, I know you all are excited because Ms. Perham is on this TV, but I need you all to stay focused on these skimmers. And so for them, it was just like, this is pretty cool. Like, I can't believe like our teacher is playing football. And so like, that's just how we connect. Um, and, I, and it worked really, really well. And so doing that grant kind of catapulted me to be myself initially coming into Kramer. Like, don't ease up, don't, you know, slow walk it, don't give them a chance to find out. It's like, just break through the door, why not? You arrive. Right, here I am, let's go. Um, and that's and so that's the cool part. And so even like going into my um, all-pro game this week, because now my students have followed me, and they're like, you're not gonna be here on the last day of school, whatever it is, I'm like, I got my all programming, and they're like, oh, well, good luck, Ms. Perham, but like, it's, it's this whole big deal. So that's kind of how my school year has been, like, just like having a real person yeah. teaching you. And so when it was time to do all of the projects this year that we did, whether it was the foot orthosis project, or even like the skimmers, or uh, when we talked about robots, it was like this real person is teaching this, the lady who was just rapping in the video, right? And so that's what makes it cool. That's awesome. And they see that they can literally do anything. anything. Because yep. you're doing a whole bunch of yep. really cool and interesting stuff. I had a kid come say last week, like, I want to be an engineer. And I was like, yes, like, that's what I'm talking about. So last week, I took my students to DDOT, and we did a tour of the uh, street trolley. trolley. Okay. Um, so we did the street trolley facility, so they got to see all of the parts of that. And then we took a, the ride down um, to Union Station on the trolley. They had never been to Union Station. They had never been on a trolley that's in the middle of their city you know and so it was just like I want to be an engineer and so it was like everything came full circle like everything that we started off with everything that we used to do our project 
the field trips, all of it became like, this is what we're, you know, this is it. Like, and these are sixth and seventh graders. So I was like, yes, like we reached the goal. Like the exposure is real. And so everything that we've done, the supplies, the money, the purchases, the field trips, like all of those things have impacted my students this year tremendously and I'm sure they will be able to tell somebody you know one day like yeah my sixth grade teacher she was like that that's what I wanted to say right like she was like that she was cool yeah how does that make you feel I mean one to think about that but also to know I mean you saw in that student I want to be an engineer how does it make you feel as a teacher not because of the stuff that you want, but this is a teacher in general. How does that make you feel to see you turn the light on? Hey, I think my big goal is to turn the light on. I, I try often to manage my expectations, right? So I'm just like, all I knew about Kramer is what my best friend had told me. Um, it's a Southeast, it's an Anacostia's neighborhood. Um, you know, you could go online and read like all of this stuff, but I'm like, inner cities, you take the information, put it in the back of your mind, throw the rest of it away. Like, what you gonna do when you get there? And so when I got there, I realized, okay, these kids aren't what I, what everybody said they would be, right? And I'm like, oh, I'm about to, about to wear some magic in here, right? Because I was starting with a clean slate. They hadn't been in school in two years. But at the beginning, the light was not on. It was like pulling teeth. Here, take the iPad, take the this, and use that. And they were like, oh, this is too much. Like, why can't we just, you know, answer some questions on the paper? Because that's what they have been doing. So crazy enough, as much as it seems like, oh, it's technology and these kids are gonna be excited, they weren't initially excited. It wasn't so simple. Because again, A, most of them had seen the technology in some capacity. And then B, they just wanted to do what they have been doing online for the past two years, which was answer some questions, get credit for it, and be gone, you know, be gone. So for me, it was like, no, we're going to record a video in your group. Ah, why do I have to? I was like, I need you all to make a TikTok, you know, doing whatever. You want too much, Ms. Perham. It's, it's just too much. And so the light wasn't on. At the end of the year, it was like, can I use this to do my project? When we did STEM fair, kids were asking like, okay, how do I do this? How do I do that? How can I use this to do this with my project? And why do I have to do it? And I'm like, okay, I thought the light was on and went back off again. We're still talking about why do you have to? My principal was so pleased with the STEM fair and those kids sitting at a table with a judge, somebody they didn't know, with their computers up, going through their PowerPoints with videos embedded in it and, you know, special effects in their videos and presenting. And it was like, the light is on, the light is on. So how do I feel? I feel like, yes, definitely the light was on. And that is like the best feeling in the world to know that I thought I would initially come in and the light would just click on, like, look at what I got, Santa Claus. And it didn't happen like that. But it authentically became that, and I'm a person of being real. So to get that authentic light bulb on, it was great. How long do you think it took to get from, oh, this is too hard, and just give me a piece of paper to... I say up until like November. Okay. <laughs> 
uh, it was tough. September was super tough. Um, and then, you know, just enrollment, kids were coming in and out. So November, I feel like we're cooking. Like, yes, fire on, stove blazing. And then they made some more, right, Christmas break. They made more changes in the schedule. Oddly enough, DCPS, um, especially in, in the comprehensive schools, they get a lot of changing of students. And, you know, you think you have this class and it's set and you've gotten together and then you get three more kids that came from somewhere else and so you're like starting all over again and so that was kind of my year but by April again after STEM fair light back on again everybody's good to go and I'm like yes I got them again and it's the end of the school year and so um, it was those up and downs that were definitely challenges but I we ended with the light on so the challenges you know no struggle no progress right Frederick Douglass right do you think it will be as hard in the fall to I think up again, or will it be a little easier because they've had a whole year of life back to life? I think it'll be a bar humbug at the beginning of the year because it's like, oh, you're still here, huh? Guess we got to work again, right? But at the same time, even my worst students on what it, what the kids, other teachers would say worse, were my best students. Okay. Um, and they see me and they would give me a hug and like, we got you today. And so I feel like that energy will still be there probably by week two though. Week okay. one, I'll get the lazy kids and I'm like, come on you all, you already know, it's me. Like I started the beginning of my school year doing the, they had to build a, a mountain litter for potatoes. So I, I bought little potatoes and they have to build this thing and they're like, are we really doing this? And I'm like, let's go <laughs> and name your potato and make this thing work. And you know, so I feel like they enjoyed it, but it was the like, I would really just rather do this worksheet. Why are you making right, me right. work so hard? So every year has to get better and bigger. And, and, and so they know that, and that's the expectation. And so um, my hashtag of the year was, it's never too early to be great. And that's what I would always say, it's never too early to be great. Oh, we're only in sixth grade, I don't care. Never too early to be great. I took them on a college tour to Morgan State um, two weeks ago. We're going on the college tour, yes. It's never too early to be great. Be exposed to everything. So I want them to see college and career. I want them to be future ready. I want them to be STEAM ready, and I want them to know that the expectation is that they have to be ready, and we don't want to wait until we're 18 to get ready. I want you to have a solid plan on your way out of Kramer. And so if that's the impact that I can have for the next, you know, until those kids graduate in 2023 and 2024, then that's what, that would be my high five to myself, like we did it. Well, and then when you have a student who says, I want to be an engineer, in the sixth grade. Yes, right. yes. I was like, yes. And so now it's like, um, we did a, uh, one on my board, I had like a label board and it would always have uh, college and career connections. And so in everything that we built, we tried to talk about, and Project Lead the Way has that, where they talk about careers around whatever you're building to make that connection. Um, and again, although they're younger, they're like, uh, oh, whatever. And then it comes back and it's like, oh, 
that's why we did that. So like when we talked about mean, medium, mode, it's like, oh, we're doing math and engineering. Yes. So I ordered a bunch of calculators with the, uh, you know, with the $25,000. And that was helpful for, for the entire math department. Can I borrow some calculators? Absolutely. But kids didn't really know how to use calculators, oddly enough. So we're doing that. And that built up to, you know, doing box plots. And they're like, why are we doing this? This isn't middle, this isn't high school, Ms. Perham. But then we started talking about being statisticians and numbers and they love sports. And so just making those connections. So I was just like, if we have to count my, you know, your stats for your basketball game. And they're like, oh, or we try to find your average points. Like, oh. And so it's like all of these things connecting together. Yeah, exactly. I want kids to see the connection. I don't think that students, especially in these, um, you know, underserved neighborhoods are just waking up, jumping out of bed and saying, let me go learn, you know, Pythagorean theorem. Like, why am I learning this? So I'm just like, for me, I spend the extra time of making the connection. I want them. So when a kid says, I want to be an engineer, it's not just random. They know what an engineer is. They've seen what engineers do. They've gone to a site where engineers are. We've talked about it in the classroom. And so it's like, you know, putting all together. Never too early to be great. Mother, mother, mother. What would you tell other teachers if they had the opportunity to apply for the CIA Mission Impossible? Mission, sorry. If they had the opportunity to apply for CIA Mission Possible next year, what would you tell them? I, first of all, I would tell them to do it. Um, teachers, sometimes they get like, oh, what do I have to do? Or they'll say I'm not that creative. And I know that happened a lot this year where teachers would come to me like, well, you're the creative one. Just tell us how to do it. And I'm like, no, you can be creative too. So first of all, I would tell them to do it. And then I would tell them to just really think outside the box and how they want their students to be, right? So you want your classrooms to be a special experience. So what would you do if you can make a, if your kids can have a specialized experience, uh, um, what would you have them do? Like, what would that look like? And then now thinking about this competition, what would you do like in advance to make sure that they have the specialized thing? So that's what I, I use. And always use your skills and talents. Like, I feel like every teacher has like this background skill and talent that they never tell you about. Like, oh, I do, you know, backpacking. Right. Um, and I'm like, well, create something around it, you know? And so I just feel like teachers don't always we have there's like this persona of what you should be like as a teacher you know wear the dress wear the suit and tie be stern look serious I'm like that's not real like when teachers take their clothes off they have tattoos they have piercings they're like these humans it's like you know Clark Kent I'm like show them Clark Kent <laughs> you know like leave Superman at home sometimes um and so that's what I would tell teachers, like, be yourself, use your true and natural hobbies and talents and incorporate it to compete, but also to compete in your classroom. <laughs> so that's what I would tell them. Last question, what brings you joy? Joy and, and all around joy is sports and music. Those things are, that's just my jam, as people say. I'm gonna listen to music all day. I'm going to add my own twist to whatever I'm listening to. And I play football all year round, literally. I play football all year round. So um, those things make me happy. Those things make me excited to come into work. 
um, because I know, hey, I got practice today or I've listened to a good song in the parking lot as I came in and the kids are like, Miss Perham, that's you? You know, I know that song. How you know that song? Um, those things bring me joy. And I feel like when you have things that bring you joy, you can show up as your best self in any setting. So my kids will never see me coming to work angry. I live literally five minutes away from here, which means I'm eight minutes away from Kramer, so I don't have traffic, I don't have those type of stresses. I come to work, I smile when I walk in, I talk to everybody, I've listened to my music, I know I have a game at the end of the week, and I'm happy. That's what brings me joy. Awesome. Thank you so much. No problem, I appreciate this. this. Absolutely, I appreciate you taking the time. No worries. Thank you for listening to the O-Rise Feature Cast. To learn more about the Oak Ridge Institute for Science and Education, visit orise.oreu.gov or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Connect.